Good morning. We are so glad that you can join us today. We're also delighted. I know many of you will have joined us for Cause to Live For over the weekend and we've heard so many stories of what the Lord has done among us. Remarkably powerful things. We look forward to sharing some of those stories as more of them trickle in over the coming days. Steph and I also were able this week uh, on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday to virtually uh, rather than gather in person, but join with some of the vineyard leaders, the area, regional, and um, the leadership group of the vineyard, uh, just to have some discussions and conversations around stuff over the coming up for the next year, and just to have a time of replenishment. And I, I have to say, the Lord is on the move in our midst. There are, yes, admittedly, some challenging times and things that all of us individually and collectively, and therefore as churches, are working through. But there is so much that the Lord is stirring and doing and we're excited for that we'll maybe share more in the coming days but we just wanted to mention that thank you for praying for us as we engage in that today I just want to round off the series of the clash of the kingdoms now I say round off because I don't think we ever round something like this off I think this is a journey of a lifetime but there's a few things that I think are important to say that I want to reflect on that didn't quite fit into previous weeks and I want to frame this particular talk around a little phrase called just stirring up the hornet's nest and now I wonder even now does that picture stir something in your mind does it paint something in your mind that is even a true reality that you're currently facing but I remember when I was growing up my bedroom window used to overlook the end part of our neighbor's garden and our neighbor was a practical guy he did stuff so one day we're eating Sunday lunch and we hear this huge bang and he's out there knocking down his garage as you do as you do and he's, he's then set about rebuilding it so as he's knocking it down he's got his mate sat on the corner of it with a video camera filming him with a sledgehammer uh, you, uh, video camera will be wasted on some of you because it's a bit of a thing of the past but he's filming it as the most bizarre scenario anyway the in the end of his garden where he's then taken the garage down he started to build a shed now he's not bought a shed that he's piecing together he's from scratch through his own design and thinking building a shed and it's quite an elaborate thing with a porch and all sorts and um it's quite a structure then anyway up to this shed from his house he started to lay a concrete path and uh, I happen to look out my bedroom as a window as he's doing this. Now, I prefer to say that I'm looking out of the bedroom window rather than that I'm a nosy spying neighbor. But anyway, as he does, he, he he's digging the footings and the foundations for the path. And as he does, he disturbs a wasp's nest. OK, now, how did I know that happened? Well, for weeks, wasps have been flying around. And as he puts his spade in, you could just see it, hundreds of the things flying around him, darting about, and he's flapping about like a madman trying to get his jumper off himself. And he's swinging his spade about, just trying to get the, the, the things away. Then he comes around to our house to ask us for some bite cream. And I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but he's been eaten alive. He's been bitten to pieces. I, I don't know how old I would have been at the time, but I can still remember it like it's yesterday. Now, at this point, your average Joe would call the council or whoever it might be that you call to get them in to come and fumigate or whatever they do. But not my neighbour, because he's a DIY kind of guy. So what does he do to try and get rid of them? Well, I don't recommend this to anybody, but he tried, and I say tried, to cement over them. 
Now, just in case anybody actually thinks that's a good idea, I can tell you from the advantage point of my window having a bird's eye view of proceedings that it wasn't, and it wasn't pretty in any way, because the first thing we should know is trying to cement over anything that is moving is borderline impossible and a bit ridiculous but basically he just all he really did was stir the whole thing up again and get bitten to pieces again and they're swarming around and all sorts is going on but I, I want to say this that when you give your life to Jesus as it see do you see the seamless link you might do in a minute when you give your life to Jesus what you do is you put a large target on your chest with a bullseye I don't want to scare you. I don't want to cause you to live in fear. But I do want you to know that it's there. And if you've not picked that up in previous weeks, I just want to emphasize that fresh this morning. Because sometimes it can feel like you've stirred up the hornet's nest. And you'll have stirred it up. And you'll have stirred it up at some point. And it's then what we do with the fact that we've stirred it up. You might not have even realised it. You might not realise that that is what's happening. But he will try and find a weakness or an inroad into your life. He will try and disrupt or dilute your faith. He will try and take on your marriage, your housing, your family dynamic, your relationships, your employment, your health. He'll, he'll try and do that. Because that's what he does. His role is to kill and destroy. Now... Please know this and hear this loud and clear this morning. That is not our focus. Our focus is Jesus. I don't want to give time or attention to the enemy. But sometimes I think by not shooting straight, by sometimes just not saying it how it is, we can miss it. Because And when we miss it, we're not on our guard and we're not ready to stand firm. Why, why does he do it? Well, because why does a farmer put a scarecrow in the field to scare off the birds from coming to take the seed? There is fruit in that field and the birds come to take that seed. There is a seed and kingdom fruit within you and the enemy goes after it. You know, about a week ago, I had bad dreams one now. Now, I'm, I'm kind of being polite when I say bad dreams because they were a bit more than that. They weren't what you would call nightmares. I would say they were demonic and it was heavy and stuff like that it can uh, distract you it can exhaust you it can rob you of replenishment it can affect you significantly during the day anyway after five nights I of the same thing I text a few people and I said guys can you pray for me now what happened then is it moved from what I would call like what felt like a hurricane to just um, something more like a tropical storm and then the, the next night, it stopped completely. Now, what two things do I take from that? And therefore, I think actually might be helpful for you to reflect on. The first one is this. We expect it, we examine it, and we endure it. I've said that before. Expect it, examine it, endure it. These things are going to happen. There is a target on us that the enemy goes after. He knows there is seed and he wants to destroy it, doesn't it doesn't surprise me. I don't fear it. I expect it. I examine it and I endure it. I think um, as a church, as individuals, as individuals within the church, we've stirred some stuff up. We have as a church plant. We have as we live our lives out for Jesus. We have with 422. We will have over cause to live for over the last few weeks. There is a battle and we have to contend with it. Now, actually, I'm fairly relaxed about that part of it. Uh, the, the bit I'm not relaxed about is the second part that I think we can take for it, from it 
it took me five nights to take some people to ask them to pray. Can I, can I just say that again? It took me five nights. Now, I would have been a bit daft if it had been two nights, but five nights before I got my prayer covering right, five nights before I got some people alongside me to encourage me, five nights before I had the awareness of what was going on to piece it all together, and five nights before I clocked that were in the lead up to Cause to Live for a number of other things are going on personally and in the church, and five nights before I realised that we're midway before through a Clash of the Kingdom series, and maybe there's a degree of attack in this. Now, you need to hear me, I'm not looking for spiritual attack everywhere. I'm not looking for everything to be spiritual attack. I'm not looking for a demon under every rock. But we have to have an awareness. One of the traits I believe we need as disciples of Jesus is resilience. But equally, sometimes we need to realise what is going on. Just because we don't always see it and discern it, it doesn't mean it isn't happening. Can I ask you this morning, where are you at with this? Where has stuff been going on for a long time? Where have you had the equivalent of the five nights? Where do you need to get the armour in place? What What is it? Honestly, reflect on it. Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it obsessions? Is it sleep? Is it health? Is it loneliness? Is it self-sufficiency? Is it pride? Is it an addiction? Is it self-esteem? He, Whatever it is, and it could be one of them, it could be all of them, it could be many, many others, he will be trying it on one way or another. Now, what matters is what we do about it because we can't just lay a concrete path over it and pretend that it's not happening and hope that it goes away. Not everything is spiritual or warfare. I've said that before. I started the series with it. I will say it again. Equally, the lens through which we see things alters our response. Neil said it, Jern, cause to live for. Your view of the future reality affects your current behaviours. You know, the, the root of these things could be all sorts of things. It could be physical, it could be psychological, it could be circumstantial, it could be all of them. There could be an attack element in it. But we need to live in the reality that the enemy opens up warfare on the saints. He does. And that combines with the mandate that we have to make disciples of all nations that we see in Matthew 28 and that means that we're locked in spiritual warfare until Jesus returns but Jesus called us to liberate territory for him and on his behalf to take background from deceiving spirits who speak through hypocritical lies now some of you might be thinking whoa just just to, just let's just calm down a minute and just relax on this and just I'm using strong language am I going a bit far I I don't I don't think I am we don't always talk like this but sometimes it's helpful I think to have the moment of reflection and realization of what's going on 1 Timothy 4 says this now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will re will turn away from the truth they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that will come from demons these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead as we succeed in this spiritual warfare the victims of the enemy's power are released and the time for ending the domination and the dominion and the establishment of God's rule on earth 
comes near. We must face the enemy and we must fight. Like Jesus, we have a job to do. He calls us to do the same. We're to proclaim the kingdom of God and we demonstrate it through the healing of the sick and the casting out of demons. John 20, 21, again he said, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed the Spirit on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus was pretty clear. He told the disciples by whose authority he did his work. Then he passed the job on to the disciples of spreading the good news around the world. Whoever, sorry, whatever God has asked you to do, I think there's two key things to reflect on. Firstly is this, your authority comes from God. So important, your authority comes from God. And then secondly, Jesus has demonstrated by words and by actions how to accomplish the job he has given us, given you, to do. That task includes teaching, discipling, caring for others and so on. But the the Bible is so clear as to the part that spiritual warfare has in this. 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. We've reflected on that passage a few times in this series, but stay alert. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He is prowling around, prowling around, sorry, looking for somebody to devour. So what do you do? You stand firm, you stay strong in your faith, but you stay alert. Five days it took me to ask people to pray. That's not staying alert. Five days. What we all need to know about warfare, and honestly, this is so important, whilst the enemy is strong, Jesus is stronger. Can I say that some of you will just, there'll be a moment of fear. Oh my goodness, we're in a war, the enemy. No, where he might be strong, Jesus is stronger. We have nothing to fear from Satan and demons as long as we live faithfully and righteously, never backing down. We're unchallenged by evil. Satan is not an uncreated internal being like God. We flatter Satan and we misunderstand God's eternal goodness when we raise Satan to the level of being a God. He is no God and we need not fear him as being one. Honestly, I know for many of you, I'm not saying anything new today. I'm just reminding us that we're born into a conflict. 1 Peter 4.12, dear friends, don't be surprised. Don't, don't be surprised. Dear friends, can I say that to you this morning? Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you were going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing the glory when it is revealed to all the world. Now, most of what I'm about to say probably goes beyond the scope of anything that we have time to dig into in detail this morning, but I just want to give a few broad brushstrokes. I'm not trying to feed curiosity. I more think that there's an awareness that we need to stay alert and therefore we need to ponder these things. If we're aware and alert, then we stand firm and we engage with the battle rather than being picked off. Stay alert, don't be picked off, stand firm. Be aware, don't be picked off. Overall, the enemy attacks, I would say, in a couple of ways. 
The first one is this, through temptation. The Bible talks about the struggle between the spirit and the flesh. We see it in so many places, but Galatians 5.17. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two factors are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. See, the two, what I kind of want to say as well is, the two often work together. Because what happens is the flesh opens us up to the temptation, but the enemy is the author of temptation. So all of that said, as I said in the first part of this series, a lot of temptation actually is the result of our own choices and influences of the world. But the Bible is also so clear and it so clearly points out that there's a set, second category where the enemy is at play. So there's the world, the flesh and the enemy. And the enemy seeks to tempt us. And when we yield to the temptations of the flesh and the world, we are then more vulnerable to the enemy having a door in which to open and to walk through. Now, I guess I want to say sorry if this feels a bit full on for a Sunday morning, but occasionally we need to have our eyes open to what's going on. And I make no apology for trying to remind us and equip us and ready us to stand firm and actually to stay alert. So that's the first. The first thing is temptation. The second thing is opposition. I read this week a guy phrased it like this. He said you can be attacked in general, but in particular by trying to prevent the preaching of the gospel and the spreading of the kingdom of God. In the lives of individuals, they will attempt to block a person coming to Jesus in the first place or growing in a deeper relationship with him. So we individually and collectively can take a bit of resistance. It's often as we change gear or step up or step in when, you know, when people start doing stuff like 4-1 or um, they get baptised, something like that. You say you see it so often as people step in or try and step in to their faith and all that God has for them. You you re resolve to to deal with something or process something to work through something and bam, you are knocked back. We see it regularly. I think it's why we see it around course to live for four two two. We what we do is we stir up the hornet's nest. There is an opposition to that. And that's why this happens. So it's temptation, opposition. And then the third one is this. Again, is a bit full on for a Sunday morning, but it's the area of demonization. Satan and demons may attack people by getting a grip on people's personalities or physical lives. The Bible describes three areas that are affected, the physical, the mental and the spiritual. Now, I know I'm stirring something up that I'm not actually then able to go into detail or we're not able to fully unpack the implications or the resulting actions. I, I know that. But I do believe it is actually helpful for us to have a bird's eye view so that we're able to stay alert because we need these reminder moments. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? We're in a battle. And when we're in a battle, what do we need to do? We need to engage, we need to engage, and we need to engage. Don't be on the sideline, don't be distracted, don't sit back. Let me just give you a few examples. Physical afflictions in the Bible were, were numerous. You, Many of you will have seen it, I've seen it, I've faced it. Just to, two things to mention though, 
I think the Bible makes a distinction between natural causes and those directly stirred by the enemy with regard physical and mental illness. There's 17 instances in the gospel and throughout acts of that. Then the second thing to be aware of is that as a result of that, therefore the disciples prayed differently. This is really important we get this because at times it was casting out but at times it was a prayer of command over an ailment. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare any of you in saying any of that. I just want to equip you. Because what I don't do, what I personally don't do and don't think is that wise, is we don't jump at the enemy as being the explanation for everything. I jump at Jesus being the solution for everything. 1 John 4, 4, you belong to God, my dear children. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in us is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. That's what it says in John 1 John 4, 4. Further to that, you're a new creation through which the spirit of God lives in you and dwells and transforms us. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you an advocate who will never leave you. 1 Corinthians 16, 19, don't you realise that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given by God? You do not belong to God for you were brought at a high price, so you must honour God with your body. But we can be, all of that said, affected and influenced. And we need to be on our guard, we need to be alert, resilient and ready to stand our ground. Now can I please emphasise this i am not looking and i'm not encouraging us to overly look for the enemy i am looking and i would encourage you to look for jesus what what, what does that look like well i want to stay close to him i want to keep short accounts i want to regularly confess my sin i want to repent i want to seek to turn from those things and turn to him i don't save it up i do it as and when and i regularly seek to be all that Jesus has called me to be. So I look at my life and I seek to sensitise myself to the Holy Spirit and how he might change me and refine me. And are the fruits of the Spirit becoming more and more evident in me? And what is the stuff that I need to deal with to become more Christ-like? And can I ask you, when, when did you do that? When did you last do that? Because it's really important that we do. So then we sit under the guidance, the counselling and the stewardship of that way of living and others around us helping us to do that. And we seek to see how the Holy Spirit might want to shape us. Can I encourage you to do that, do it with everything within you and don't stop doing it? Secondly, not only do I do that, I don't go around just looking for the enemy. I go around looking for Jesus. Where is Jesus each day, every day in life and in each and every person that I bump into? Sometimes in that process in seeing more of Jesus and seeking for him to be more central in somebody else's life, it reveals stuff and they become more aware of it and they want to do something about it. Now, honestly, if you want to grow... You need to actively do this. You need to take some stuff on. You need to look in your own life, hold a bit of a mirror up, consider where the, the enemy might be probing, attacking, where you might be vulnerable, where there might be things that aren't necessarily the enemy attacking, but actually they're not in a way that is aligned with the will of the Father in your life. Jesus leads us into greater truth and greater freedom when we seek him. We've got to seek him. 
and then his kingdom, his reign and rule extends in as and through us. Does that does that make sense? I, I think it's important to say it that way. But but let me say I'm I say it again, I guess, but I'm not chasing the bad stuff. I'm chasing the good stuff. And in chasing the good stuff, sometimes that reveals the bad stuff and we just have to do a bit of housekeeping and move on. Not because that was the focus or the thing that dominated the conversation, but because that was the thing that was revealed. As we place it in the light, the light reveals the stuff that is dark. It also means, therefore, when we see it that way, that actually we can be quite laid back rather than intense because it's a naturally supernatural thing. But awareness and staying alert are crucial elements of how this happens. Do you know, actually, I I might, I might just leave it there this morning. I wonder if that gives you quite a bit to process and to, to, to think through. Let me, um, yeah, I hope that's helpful. Let me just pray for us. I, I, I believe, let's just have a moment of ministry. You want, might want to open your heart to Jesus. You might want to close your eyes, whatever it is. Allow yourself just to have time and space to reflect on Jesus and to invite and welcome his Holy Spirit among us. Lord, we welcome you now. For some of us, I, I just think this will have this will have brought a fresh realization of um, the battle that you're in. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I think because we forget we're in a battle, we we we're not equipped, prepared, or alert for it. Some of you, you just even in this moment as you're breathing in and out, you're sensing. Gosh, hang on a minute. I, there's a target on me, on my chest. The enemy has been coming for me and maybe as a result of not seeing it through that lens is taking more of a toll than maybe it should have. Some of you also just just sense um, the hornet's nest has been stirred up and that is hard and it is costly and it takes a toll. Let, let me just pray for those two areas. Lord, I just want to pray protection over you. I want to pray for a breaking and a releasing. I want to pray for a pushback. I want to say that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Know the position of authority and strength in which you stand. Let the power of the Spirit of God rest upon you afresh. Anoint you, cover you, blanket you in truth and security. where there's been moments where it's been diluted and knocked back and hit and just layer upon layer seems to cause you to feel more and more vulnerable and I think some of you will, it will have affected how you think, how you speak, how you interact with others, you will have almost taken a step back because you feel I just can't do anymore, I can't go on anymore. I want to I wanna break that and speak a new freedom into your life. I think um, I think the sleep thing, the dreams thing, is impacting a number of you at the moment. Nothing to do with COVID. I think the the enemy is just pushing some of you on that. I want to pray that rather than that, you swing into a new place, place of um, dreams, God dreams. Some of you, I think, there's a reach out moment to say, even this morning, will you pray for me? Will you pray for a covering, a blanket, a breaking? binding of the enemy and releasing of the spirit of God afresh. 
for for someone this this might feel a bit intense I think in the top row of your teeth, if you go round from the front, I probably should know the names of them, but it's the third tooth round. Go round three from the front middle, you, you're in significant pain with that. If if that's you, actually, could you get in touch? I would love to know that, but I want to just pray freedom and healing over that tooth, that the pain would be gone. I also... Um, I just want to take a risk and say that I believe that, that the Lord is actually trying to speak through that. I think there is there is a change moment in your life. He's, he's trying to bring about a moment of change. Actually, I have a few more reflections on that. I'd love to chat through with you if that applies to anybody. I, I just want to pray. I, I, I sense there's a roots moment that you, you were, were um, a tree planted by streams of running water, that there is a strength in where you're rooted and the Lord is causing you to realise that, uh, that you've been slightly rocked and swayed, but there's a coming back moment. There's a there's a rerouting, a replanting moment for you this morning. Lord, would you breathe over us? If you know, if we were in person now, we'd make time and space for the spirit, and I want to do that. Don't rush this. I've heard some even this week, just a number of healings, just because we're on, um, just because we're not in person, and this is coming through devices, doesn't mean the Lord is not moving and moving powerfully. Let's welcome him, invite him, open yourself up to him. If you're with someone else in the house, pray pray for each other. If if you're not, find someone, ask them to pray for you, and pray for them. Let's be church, let's be family together. Keep connecting, we keep connecting with each other and stepping into opportunities to to serve the city, to do as Jesus would have done, to wash the feet of others. Bless you. We'll leave you just with some music playing, but I just sense the power of the Spirit this morning. Don't, don't neglect that, don't turn from that, don't waste that, or don't... Um, don't relish that. Don't seize the moment that we've got. The power of the Spirit of God upon our lives. Bless you. He's coming for... The enemy comes for the seed and the fruit because there is seed and a fruit. Bless what he's doing in your life and ask for more. Amen.